Hey, you're listening to the She Did That podcast, where we highlight women of color who embody leadership, empowerment, and commitment to their community through entrepreneurship and social action. Here's where ferocity, fun, and facts all live in harmony. So stay tuned because again, you're listening to the She Did That podcast. Welcome to She Did That. We are here interviewing another phenomenal young woman out here in the entrepreneurial streets. We are so excited to have you, Ruby. Can you please introduce yourself just a little bit? And welcome to the She Did That family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, This is awesome. My name is uh, Ruby Maddox, and I am a purpose coach with Direct Your Purpose. Awesome. And like, I love how it's just like, yep, I'm a purpose coach, and I am with my company, Direct Your Purpose. Can you speak a little bit more about, one, what is purpose? And how you got this to this point of saying, I want to help others unlock their purpose. Awesome. Yeah. So, wow. What is purpose? That's a huge, that's a huge question out the gate, right? Um, So for me, purpose is defined by that thing that's inside of us. That's that driving force, right? It's that calling. It's that thing that you're pushed to do even before you yourself consciously are aware of it. Um, And a lot of times it's, resides inside of us and we never quite mix it out. So we know a ton of people with just like amazing potential, right? And it's like, why aren't you doing this? Or if I had the talent you had, I'd be conquering mountains, right? But they may not see it themselves. And so, you know, your purpose is defined, you know, not only as that that calling that things inside, but it's like the thing you were meant to push out into the world. And so, you know, with direct your purpose, that's what I do. Um, Even either with individuals or organizations, it's like, okay, there's there's potential here or there's magic here or there is a calling here. And how do we unblock your pathway to make that happen? Um, And so how I got into that, I think was also part of your question was, you know, I spent a good 15, no, no, almost 20 years in higher ed. Um, And in that space, it was learning how to, you know, help students navigate that pathway. You know, how do they get that first job, that first internship? How do they go from, point A to point B, when they really just have no idea how they're supposed to make that happen. And what I remember as a first generation student is that, um, you know, I had to do that. And my role, my road to that was very unconventional. I didn't have a lot of people, um, you know, in my family who knew how to give me that advice. So I always had to seek out those pathways. I always had to seek out you know, either the straight route or, or the back door or the side door. I always had to try to figure out how do I keep moving forward? And there was something in me that I didn't recognize that was pushing me towards that. But there were people along the way who I tapped into, who gave me advice here, advice there that make that happen, um, even when I couldn't see how that was going to happen. And so for me, it's about being that for other people. It's about helping other people navigate. It's about helping organizations and groups of people, you know, get together and find out that, oh, wow, you know, we have a shared vision here, you know, in this way. How can we all come together and make that happen? And I love that you spoke to that sense of community and, Mm -hmm. like you know, reaching to people saying, hey, I can help you get from point A to point B and recognizing that that was something that you didn't necessarily have for yourself, but you wanted to provide that for others. And I think that's such a huge point to kind of touch on is that 
I think a lot of people don't realize that sometimes the things that you don't have might be exactly what you have to offer to someone else. And it's really important to tap into that, what that is and what you can bring to the world. So I'm right, so right. glad that you got the chance to do that for sure. Um, can you tell me what made you step into this world of coaching, but like entrepreneurial, like getting into the business space and really saying, okay, this is a skill that I can actually bring to the market and monetize. I think there are a lot of people who have the skills, who have the purpose and are doing it for free, but aren't really taking that step to say, I can actually make some money from this as well. Right, right. How, like, yeah, touch yeah. on that. <laughs> so um, I know I had been doing, so I knew that I had been doing, you know, the work for a while. I knew that I was good at kind of like, you know, making things happen and, and making connections and things like that. And so when I was um, at Clark University, um, you know, not only was I advising students and doing the career stuff, but I was also like project director. So students, um, and this was a project that was called Lee Projects, and they would um, give students funding to go off and do their own kind of like, you know, project, their own business idea, you know, launch their startup or whatever that was. Um, but I was a person who kind of coached their projects to viability. Right. And so it was it was really cool and it was really fun because, you know, students might come in and be like, oh, um, I kind of have pieces. I think I want know what I want to do. And I'd sit with them and we'd like turn it into something. And they're like, yes, yes, that's it. And so now they're excited and I'm excited for them. And like, this is awesome. And um, doing that for them. And um, I had like friends of mine who knew that I had started an organization, you know, in Springfield before I moved to Worcester, um, guarding the community. And um, they were like, you know, how did you do that? How do you get a product off the ground? How do you go from like concept to concrete? So it was the same kind of work. You know, I did that. I, I spent um, a little bit of time working with uh, Valley Venture Mentors and being a mentor in that space. And same thing, coaching people to like move their projects forward and get it out of their head and out into the world. And there came a time when I was working, um, working at Clark where the program that I was running, there was some questions on, on the, the project, that project's viability, you know, is it going to last? Is it going to um, go through and, and what's going to be my role? And, and so that was a question that made me start thinking about, okay, what would this look like if I was doing this work outside of like the institutional space? Um, and I remember there was a coach that I was working with at the time um, who pointed out that, you know, if your job is paying you, you know, however many, you know, many much your annual salary is, then your your skill, your labor, it has value in the marketplace. You are currently being paid for that. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't think about. It's like, when we think we have no skills, we think we have anything. It's like, someone's already actually paying you, you know, for those skills that you're bringing to the table. So it's also flipping that mindset and thinking about that. Um, and so, you know, as that whole period of like, you know, wondering what was going to happen to the program and everything, um, I started delving into, you know, building a business, building, you know, this, what was, a, you know, a side hustle at the time, um, taking coaching, taking classes to really develop it into something, you know, launching it. And so that's kind of how um, that part of that transition got started and happened. Cool. So I do want to ask you, how long has this been in the making? You said that it like, you know, it takes a little minute to get it off the ground. You started as a side hustle. Like 
now mm. it's something that you're doing advertising for. I'm loving the photo shoots. I'm loving it all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, really weird. How did, where did this start? Or what um, year did this start? Uh, 2017. So I launched the business in 2017. Yes. Uh, <laughs> double check. Um, and I think when I first started, it was really closely modeled after the work that I was doing. So I wanted to go to schools and and do more with um, helping schools develop self-directed students. You know, how basically do you teach students that no matter whatever arena they find themselves in, that they'll be able to sort of use their own skills, their own knowledge and figure stuff out. So it's just like, how do you have a model where you help people figure stuff out? And that's kind of where, and I think when I first launched the business, I didn't have my own framework, right? It was just really just kind of like, um, you know, how do I do what I'm doing at work and how do I replicate that and how do I do it in different places? Um, But just sort of very organically, what I knew to do. And so after doing that and working with different coaches and coming up with that, oh, okay, I know that when um, I'm working with people or when I'm, I'm doing my own stuff, I'm starting with my why, right? I'm starting with my purpose, why it's important to me. Because, man, if that ain't strong, you're going to quit. Like, <laughs> when it gets hard, when you're frustrated, when all those things happen, um, you, you know, it's, if your why isn't strong enough, if your sense of purpose and connection to it isn't strong enough, like, it's going to be difficult. Um, and then really helping them focus on, um, you know, that vision part of it and, um, you know, helping them create a vision, helping them create a plan, and then helping them kind of, like, execute it. So it's like, okay, so that's, like you know, the strategy that I started to kind of like, you know, use and work with them. And I know your, um, your question in terms of like, you know, when did it start to really build up? And I would say probably around that time when I created, when I created that framework where it's just like, okay, there's a model here, there is a, a formula, you know, into doing this and it makes it a lot easier to scale <laughs> and, you know, replicate when this is like, um, okay, I know this is what I'm applying here versus, um, all right, this is, what I'm doing for this person and then recreating the wheel every single time. And yes, you know, there's obviously, you know, there's differences and um, we're all individuals with our own like stuff. Um, but just again, having kind of a basic framework um, was, I want to say that happened in 2018 um, was when things kind of started to shift and it was no longer just around like working with institutions or working with, um, you know, other students at different colleges and things, it was like working with young professionals, seasoned professionals, leaders, entrepreneurs. Um, it went from working with people who were trying to launch things um, into the world that had never existed to people who had existing businesses and were just like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, I've spent a lot of money in getting this thing off the ground. It's in existence. And of the hundred things that I could be doing with the business, how do I figure out the right thing that I should be doing that's going to get me where I want to go? And I'm glad you touched on that too. Of like, wh- how do I get to where I want to be? And mm-hmm. um, my question for you is: When you were going through this journey, is this something that you were practicing yourself? Like saying, "Okay, let me see if it works. If it works on me, <laughs> it can work for anybody." Or like, you know, we can see how this really turns. Mm-hmm. You know, in the mindset of a person. Um, I think the greatest thing is that you had clients, you had people who are um, in your midst that you can like work through certain things with. You had experience with it. Um, 
And I know that there might be people who are looking into getting into coaching, but might not have the clients or might not have the um, the network to really just dig into this work. Like, is that a method that you have done or that you would suggest? Like, mm. yeah. Yeah. And, and I know it's different for every everyone. So there are a few of my clients who prior to them working with me um, for coaching, I had no idea who they were or that they existed, right? So they were totally like, I saw your stuff. I, you know, I, I want to work with you. Um, and then there were folks who were, um, we kind of know each other, you know, um, we're kind of acquaintances, like, but they know enough about me. Like, you know, I, I trust what you're doing. Um, I think you can get me where I want to go. And then there are folks who are just, you know, friends. I've even had, you know, a family member, you know, hire me, um, which can be really awkward for people. So it's like the whole money thing. Um, but yeah, so I think in terms of it was, it started out with, you know, people who kind of knew me really well and then growing into people who knew about my work, my reputation and kind of, again, out from there, people who, wow, I didn't even know you knew about me, you know, reaching out. And I think, um, it's, I've noticed that, you know, in building the clientele and working with people from complete strangers to family members, you know, your stuff comes up, right. Your, your sense of like, you know, self-worth, self-esteem, perspective and everything. And it's just like, oh, being able to like, you know, take people's money and like, oh, they're paying me and, you know, all that stuff that you believe about yourself. And it's just like, um, no, I'm, I know that I'm providing, you know, something good. And I know that I'm providing a service. Um, and also, you know, that frequency. So when we're exchanging money, when you're paying me for something, I'm going to show up at a different level. And when you're paying for something, you're going to show up at a different level. And that also helped me be able to create that client, you know, coach client relationship um, because, you know, that frequency was raised, you know, among us that I, we knew that we were, you know, here to do work together kind of thing. For sure. And I love that, you know, just saying, you know, I'm gonna be real with myself. Like the things that you're like getting brought out of you are bringing up some things in me and we don't have to handle that. But, you know, it's a I mean, everyone goes through their own growth and mm-hmm. I strongly believe in the amount of times that you interact with others, you'll find out so much more about yourself as well. And mm. like, it's a huge thing to look at yourself in a reflective way and say, hey, this is who I am and this is what I have to offer. And mm-hmm. this, these are the things that I'm going to have to fix. And these are the things that I'm going to amplify for the moment. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and, and it's a, it's a process. I mean, I've done. I told you my my first organization. I started in two thousand two, right? So DTC is about to be um, guarding the community. It's about to be, I think, twenty years old. Um, and um, you know, with that one, it's just like you know, you're doing the stuff, you're doing a lot of the work. And even with my nonprofit, Leaders of the Free World, um, you know, it's it's behind the scenes, building the frameworks. It's um, you know, working with a, my co-founder who loves the stage, right? You know, so I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you get up there, talk, you know, pitch, our, do the pitching and everything like that. I'll, you know, build the website and all that stuff. I think coaching is unique in the way that, you know, it, it is a little bit, it's so personal, right? When you're coaching someone and in that very individualized space, and it's just like, I love the fact that it does call you to yourself. You know, it calls you, you know, forth all those things. And it's just like, if I'm trying to show up like this for someone, if I'm, am trying to, you know, reassure them of their own, you know, power and greatness and everything like that, then I got to do the work on myself. Right. And I, I think I love that because like, 
for good, bad or ugly, it's, you know, it's worth it. It's the stuff that you're actually like, you know, um, building and growing on. And then it goes right back into the work that you do with your clients. Yep. It's just that give and take. And like, Mm. it's so fulfilling at the end of the day. It's like, oh, yes, like this exchange here is going to be Mm -hmm. beneficial for the both of us. And that's like part of the motivation of getting into the business for sure. I definitely Mm. can see that. Um, What is a piece of the entrepreneurial journey? Because I I want you to also take a step back to say what GTC is, Gardening the Community, for those who don't know. Right, right. <laughs> also for leaders of the free world, like tell us a rundown of what that, what both of those organizations do and what is your most proudest moment of being in any of those spaces? Oh my gosh. Just <laughs> one? Wow. Or <laughs> three, you know, just... <laughs> Um, wow. I would say, um, so gardening, the community, gardening, the community is a a urban, um, garden program that teaches kids how to grow food in the city, um, teaches them about how to build healthy communities, but it also teaches like, well, why is there an imbalance, right? You know, what are the the systems that are in place that, um, have created the situations of food deserts and things like that. Um, and so, you know, in the beginning, it's, it's really trying to, um, come together around food, you know, and use food and our food system as an example to also teach kids these really big concepts about our society, our world, um, how we view ourselves, how we view our community. But also it was just like, we, we were like a family, you know, we GTC was like a family. And so you are teaching these kids how to grow. They're showing you things from like their culture, their community, what they grow, you know, um, gardening lessons they learned from their grandparents and things like that. Um, and you know, that's pretty much what it's about. I think now there is not, I think there is currently now, um, you know, a whole greenhouse and farm store on, um, Walnut street in Springfield. But the premise really, again, is like, you know, what's possible, you know, how can we create food where, you know, um, a food source where there wasn't before, how do we take these kids who maybe only saw themselves as consumers when it came to food and making them producers? Um, and so gardening the community to, continues to be that place that advocates for healthy food in the community, healthy lifestyles, and also, you know, systems that are anti-racist that provide healthy food for everybody. Um, So that's that work. And I came on when I moved to Worcester in 2015 is when I came off the board after obviously being there for 14 years and they continue to do amazing work. Um, And so Leaders of the Free World was started um, in 2014, I always say it was the first time I said it out loud. Uh, um, so to back up a little bit with that, I went to um, Ghana for the first time in 2010. Um, and basically I was volunteering with urban farmers and also like, you know, doing research on and comparing like what I was doing in, in Springfield and what was going on there. And um, it was an amazing experience. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. You know, look at gardening, and it's going to be okay, great. You know, Africa, and and you know, but it was like, oh, wow, you know, that thing that happens when you go abroad, um, of just like seeing the world in a very different view, seeing yourself in a different view, and just like, you know, there were things that were going on with me personally that when I came back from Ghana, it was like you can't really be the same person you were before that experience, even if you try. Um, And it was this whole liberated mindset of just like, oh, I I really can do anything. You know, (laughs) it's like, 
And and that sense of, of liberation, that sense of openness and like determination, you know, I wanted to give that to more students who, you know, look like me. I wanted more people, you know, more students, you know, adults, like everyone should have that experience. There's a very, you, you know, interesting way that you come to uh, perceive yourself, you know, as people of color living in the United States. It's a, a you know, like a, a box, you know, in a way that, you know, you don't even realize in a sense is a box. And then when you travel outside of that, it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, I can fly, you know, it's because like that sense of like expanded mentality. But I knew that a lot of students or a lot of people who look like me weren't getting those opportunities. So in 2010, this is like before, you know, travel noir and before um, no madness and all of that stuff was like, you know, the way the things that we know now, um, you know, so it's just like, how do we create those opportunities? And at the time, you know, for me, I'm seeing, you know, a lot of the the guys who are in my family, the guys who are in my community. And I'm like, man, if you saw what I saw, you know, it would totally flip your script. It would totally like change, you know, your trajectory in the way that, you know, my way I was thinking about it, the way it did for me, it's totally going to do the same thing for you. Um, but we knew that there are barriers, right? The financial barrier and the fear barrier and all those sorts of things. But that's what inspired me to start Leaders of the Free World. So uh, Leaders of the Free World is an international experience and leadership development program for young Black men. Um, and it's focused on Black men because that is the demographic that's actually usually left out of those experiences, study abroad, international, um, you know, any type of international experience. And so, you know, we we know that, you know, just students of color in general, as you were describing earlier, you know, don't often participate in that. And again, when it comes to Black men, it's like 2%. Um, you know, nationally. And so we were like, all right, we want to change that. We want to, you know, make that accessible. And that's what we started doing. We do these trips that bring students um, from different colleges, young Black men to Ghana. Um, We do a virtual program with them. And then we do an actual in-person, in-country portion. And then we come back, we do a virtual portion that helps them be able to tie their experience into what's next. Um, obviously we had a bit of a hiccup with the pandemic, <laughs> but thankfully since we started, since part of our program was always virtual to begin with, um, it made it easier to sort of like transition a little bit to extend that part and postpone the trip. So 2022 <laughs> is where we're hoping is going to be our year to like go back. Cause we totally, we we're just talking yesterday, really miss Ghana. <laughs> so Yeah. I would love to go to Ghana. I would, you would love it. <laughs> oh my God. I've only heard like awesome things about it. Like it is in my bucket list to hit a few of those countries in Africa. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so glad that you are doing this um, for young black men, because I always said, I love being in the like, women's empowerment space. Love it. Love empowering young women of color. That is my niche right now. And I love it. Um, but I also do recognize that there is um, a uh, like a space for young black men, lo- young black and brown men that mm-hmm. don't necessarily get the same like, you know, resources and the same like, I don't know, intentionality of really making sure that they are uplifted and getting into the space that they exactly. need to get to. I mm-hmm. definitely have recognized that. And I'm like, oh. Like there needs to be more. And I'm so glad that you recognize that and started that. Um, and I'm learning so much and I'm so happy. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that you touched on the fact that 
you unlocked your freedom from this from travel and that was kind of the pinnacle because i'm like okay so ruby has been a self-starter from like the beginning of her like as soon as she got here on earth she is a leader and she's doing this but i thought that it was a really great point that you said that this was the point where you said it opened up my mind and said that i could really do anything like going over to ghana and having that experience over there and just being able to see things and experience things and be in there and to be able to link it back to how you can do that and fulfill your purpose in the, like, you know, at home in America is like super powerful and um, speaks to how I think that our journeys are not perfect. And that you will have multiple times of like having a spark that will lead you into the next venture that you're going to start. And that was one of yours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Going on that trip definitely was one of mine. And I realized too, I was like, oh, I didn't answer your question about like highlight. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think we we accidentally uh, ended up getting a trip to Egypt on the way, yeah, on the way to Ghana, um, we had, yeah. So <laughs> this was my fa- my one of my favorite moments on that is that we had booked some tickets, you know, some bulk tickets, and um, we're just kind of holding it. And um, but then one person fell out, so then we lost like our kind of like our group rate on that. And like, okay, okay, now we have to book something else. And I found not only were these cheaper tickets for our whole group, um, these cheaper tickets, but it had a layover route in Egypt like 21 hours layover route in Egypt. And I was like, wait, what? And so I book it and find out like, oh, wait, we literally are laying, are laying over in the same place where the pyramids are, you know, in the same place where all that is. And so I think what it was really, yeah, there's the experience and everything, but I think also that moment where I got to announce that to my guys who they they knew they were going to Ghana. They, you know, we've been prepping them for this. And I'm like, surprise, we're taking you to Egypt too. You know, and, it was, <laughs> and I, I think what I, I loved about that too, other than just like this, that being amazing, but it was like, um, you know, you all who are here and on this call, you know, who are in this program, y'all took a chance on us. Like y'all didn't know us. Y'all took a chance. You know, you push past your fears. You know, we've done fundraising together because that was a component of it. And, you know, the, the reward for your sort of taking, you know, a chance on yourself, the reward for you just kind of advocating yourself, surprise, we're going to Egypt too. You know? <laughs> and, you know, that that definitely was dope because um, that's such a, such a huge, huge part, um, not Egypt, but that willingness, right? At the end of the day, you know, it comes back to that, you know, and all the work that I do, you know, show me that, show me your heart, you know, show me your, your resilience in it. And we can get so far with that, right? With There's a lot of things you need. You need money, you need resources and everything like that. Show me that part right there and we'll be able to move mountains, right? And um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds amazing. And I know their reactions were probably like, oh my God, like that is <laughs> a huge deal. Like so unexpected and it means so much, you know? To open, like, okay, yep, we we know we're going to Ghana, but to say, we are going to go to the place that you've been hearing about in textbooks and all these things, because you already know, like, most of our 
our heritage mm-hmm. is not covered in their school books or any other place. So they, they know about what happened in Egypt. Like they know about like, you know, the pyramids and stuff, but to say, you're going to go and see that. I'm sure they were just like over the moon on that. Like what? They were, they were, they were. One guy was just like, it's on my bucket list. Look. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that was, that was really good. And I think um, something when I was thinking about that, it brought up is just like, when we think about um, travel, it's just like money is the easiest excuse. It is a real excuse, I will tell you. But it's just like, you know, a, a lot of times with um, students or young people of color and like that, it's just like, oh, that sounds expensive. I can't afford it. Shut down. Right. Um, and then with that mask, often it's just like, I'm scared. <laughs> My family doesn't want me to go. Um, I don't know anybody else who's going or has gone. So that sounds really, really, you know. All this sort of stuff, visas, passports, paperwork, what, you know what, it's too expensive anyway, you know, end of conversation. And so part of what we do is it's like, you know, yeah, it's not, you could just get on a plane and go by yourself, but this whole psychological journey on like, yes, you can do this. And there's other guys going with you. And yes, we're going to, you know, mitigate some of that funding part of it for you. Um, but we're going to push you toward past this point that you didn't, th- didn't think you could do. And the person you become on the other side of that, amazing, right? All of us, you know, anytime we cross something that we never thought that we could do, like just, you know, amplification. Can you give us some tools, like maybe or some tips on how we as individuals like can cross through that psychological barrier when it comes to anything that they like they or we want to achieve? Like, can mm-hmm. you just give us like <laughs> five steps? Well, you know how to do that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I always have my my um the four steps that I I you know in my my framework that I talk to people about. Um, you know, in terms of like I said, the first one being connected to your purpose. You know, be connected to your why you're doing this in the first place. Like, get really clear. Um, you know, what is this going to do for your life? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge thing. You know, purpose, I say purpose can be capital P, little p. Um, just where is it going to allow you to do in your life? You know, why is, what does it mean to you, your family, whatever? Um, and get clear about that. Um, and then also step, my tip two would say, you know, thinking about your vision, get super clear about that. Like we say, I want to be rich. I want to, you know, I want a big house. Like those things are super vague. Even if you're thinking about, I want to go to grad school, what kind of grad school? You know, what What would be the perfect type of grad school experience for you? What would the teachers be like? What would the other students be like? What would you be studying? Get super, super, super clear because, you know, vague goals produce vague results. Uh, and um, it's really hard for you to support yourself and for other people to support you if it's, you know, hazy, if you haven't quite, you know, figured out what it is you want. Not necessarily how it's going to happen, but what do you want to see happen in your life in detail? And because that's how you figure out the difference between where you are right now and where you're trying to go with no shame or guilt, not where you're supposed to be or anything like that, but just like where, what's the difference between where you are and where you're trying to go? Because when you can see that kind of like, you know, on a continuum, on a spectrum, then you can start to identify those steps in between. It's like, oh, okay, well, if this is where I am, then I'm going to need this and I'm going to need that. Um, I would say, you know, step three or tip three would be thinking about your plan around that. So it's just like, you know, how, what are all those little roadblocks and roadblocks, uh, building blocks um, that you need to, um, you know, put together. Think about that. Is it an email? Is it like a, a LinkedIn outreach? It's like, 
all these little things that are going to get you to that place that you wanted to go to. Um, and also I say, take inventory of what it is that you possess versus what you have to go get. Um, <laughs> I think the thing sometimes that drives me crazy is like, I'll talk to people I'm like, Oh my gosh, you do like, you know, X, Y, and Z. And they're just like, Oh no. Cause I'd have to have like, you know, so much money and I have to have this and I have to that. I'm like, how do you know? Like you haven't even started, you haven't tried, you haven't researched it, you haven't looked into it. Everything could cost you $50 to get started. And the rest of it, you know, could be available other ways. But if you don't do even examining, if you're shutting yourself off before you even, you know, venture out, you won't know that you're not, you know, um, you know, only 20% of the way there, you know, as you may think, you could be 80% of the way there, but you're not giving yourself credit or the the chance to even venture there. And then um Last tip is just like execution, execution, execution. It is great to have visions and purposes and plans, but if we're not actually implementing on those things, you know, they're kind of just like hopes, dreams, wishes. Um, and it's going to leave you in a place that, you know, two, three, four years from now, when you're still in that same place of just having your head, it's just like, okay, you know, <laughs> when will I put this out there? When will I do that? And I, I don't say that lightly. I know that execution is the hardest part. You know, execution is where you actually have to put yourself out there. You actually have to, you know, be willing to, uh, you know, be put yourself out there where people could judge you, could like, you know, say whatever you want. Who does she think she is? And usually, a lot of this stuff is just in our head. But it's it's the time. That's the time when um, we may not be able to go back when we make that decision. It's out there. Like that's it. And so all of these things kind of get in the way of, of implementing. But you know. Find an accountability partner, you know, join like, you know, a support group, a mastermind group or a community, whatever it is that's going to keep you implementing and pushing yourself out there and pushing yourself forward before you can kind of sabotage yourself out of even thinking about doing it. Because mm -hmm. you will reach that one point of where you're saying, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden that little like voice in the back of your head goes pew pew and you are down <laughs> like right and you're like you know what? i need to go clean my bathroom anyway like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> you, know, you need to give back and do what you was doing because that mm -hmm. is going to matter to you wanted to do it go for it yes and, yes like sometimes you have to be your own best friend your own parent to kind of keep you going or find those supports like an accountability partner or a mentor, somebody to really be on you to go mm -hmm. about your business and keep moving forward. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> and yes. but I also do um, really feel good when I'm making those strides. Yes. <laughs> I have another question. Just mm -hmm. like, you know, to kind of round it out. Um, I'm huge on self-care or at least I'm trying to become a lot more huge on mm -hmm. self-care. And I love tapping into how women leaders are practicing it and integrating it into their schedules and their time. Um, so how do you practice self-care? What are your tools in, in your toolbox? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first, I definitely take it as something that's not negotiable. Um, you know, cutting out the thing, any cutting out my self-care to make more room for like being productive in my business or my organization is a very temporary solution. 
it's only going to work for so long. It'll work that week, right? But it's, a, it's it's basically, you know, heading for burnout. And it's just like, I know, I know at this point in my life that that is not, I, you know, I've done that. I've, I've worked, went to school full-time and worked a full-time job. I, you know, did all that stuff. And it's like, I know that that carries with it its own sense of just like, you know, issues and burnout. So for me, you know, self-care is, you know, getting an accountability partner, not just for my business stuff, but I have an accountability around my self-care. Um, I have um, a partner, a workout partner, um, who I have never met in person before. <laughs> you know, virtually we will meet up online every like Monday through Friday, 5.30 and they work out, I work out. We don't even have to do the same thing, but there's something about meeting up you know, at a, an appointed hour, I'm like, all right, so I will see you at the end. And just kind of having our videos on. Um, and that's non-negotiable. My family knows about it. And my, my niece knows her name, you know, <laughs> She's like, oh, hey, Rebecca, you know, um, because that is something that's consistent in my life. And I, I, you know, try to stick to that every day, every, you know, during the week. Um, so there's that. Um, yay therapy. You know, I would say my therapist is my accountability partner for mental health. <laughs> Um, so definitely there's that, you know, constantly checking in with myself and, and, uh, moving myself forward mentally, emotionally. Um, I have a partner, um, there's this program called Cojourn. So my friend Molly, um, and my friend Molly and Carl, Carl started this thing called Cojourn and it's about an account, having an accountability partner. It's a systems, like a one year commitment that you make to someone, but it is so much more than just an accountability partner. Like it's for like life. So you you create a, a yearly intention. And so my first intention when I did it was called um, going full throttle. And so I had, um, you know, and I had a partner and every um, every week we would meet and it's like, you know, OK, this is what I'm doing in my life. But also this is how I'm making strides towards that overall intention. So I've done, um, you know, going full throttle. I've done a crash course in badassery come up with your own titles. Uh, <laughs> I've done, you know, learning how to, you know, authentically love myself. Um, you know, these are things that keep me coming back to the, you know, these things that are really personally important. It's not going to show up on any productivity, money generating thing, but it is, you know, important for me in terms of, you know, staying connected to myself and moving forward the things that are, you know, important, to, essential to my own growth. Um yeah. So I, I, my routines, you know, I try to do a, a morning workout. I do just not a morning workout, but it's like a morning walk, something that gets me like moving, um, you know, taking care of myself, making a morning like blend. And it's all like plant-based and maybe the whole day won't be totally healthy, but there's something about starting off with something that's good. I know it's good for me. Um, that helps me stay in that mindset of like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something that's good for me. I'm I'm being consistent with it. Um, so I would say that. So, you know, accountability partners, um, regular, you know, practices that keep me in touch with myself and this, yeah, I think that's it. That's <laughs> all beautiful. that good stuff. That is all the good stuff. Like, <laughs> let me tell you, the the morning routine, everybody knows from like in my circle that this morning routine has yet to be solidified. I would love to, like I have poured into it. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm going to really just be intentional about waking up early and like, you know, really just pouring into myself. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to get up out of bed. So I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I would also recommend um, this thing I use, Focusmate. Um, I'm surprised this is the first time I'm even saying it in this conversation. It's, it's one word, Focusmate. Um, I swear by it. Um, it is a, it's basically an online co-working system. Um, you can get like, you can use it for free and it's like, you can get three sessions a week or you pay $5 a month and get unlimited sessions. And what it is, is like people from around the world, like you, you don't know who you're getting matched up with, but you just go on, you're like, I want to get up at 6am and start working or journaling or whatever. And so you pick that time slot and at 6am, somebody's waiting for you online. Cause they're just like, it looks just basically just like this. Um, and they're like, Hey, what are you working on today? And I'm like, I'm going to be starting my day doing my morning uh, routine. And they're like, all right, I'm, I've got some emails got to send. I'm like, cool. I'll see you in an hour. And you just put yourself on mute and work. And I'm telling you, it was a, when I started, um, doing my side hustle and trying to get work done outside of the workday, it was a game changer. I got my taxes done in February one time. Cause like, it was like because it removes like, Oh, I'm going to start at four. I'm going to start at five, you know, maybe six. You know what? I'm going to do that tomorrow. When you say you're going to start at four and you've chosen a time to work with somebody, at four o'clock, they're waiting for you. You know, and it could be anybody. Like, I've spoke with people from London, New Zealand, you know, um, India. It's like, you know, 24 hours a day, you can pick time. Oh, my yeah. God. That sounds amazing. You know, <laughs> totally. If you take away nothing else, totally focus me. Well, thank you for that. I needed that. <laughs> and everyone who's on this call probably needs it too. So thank you for that. Um, is there anything that you would like to add in terms of advice for people who are trying to find their purpose um, or just any tidbits that you feel like you haven't covered yet that you'd like to touch upon? Hmm. Um, well, definitely reach out to me at directyourpurpose.com. Uh, <laughs> um, tidbits, I think... Yeah, I mean, there. I could say a bunch of that would sound a little bit cliche, but it's just like the whole idea of do it scared is real. Um, you know, even if you mess up, push past that. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, <laughs> you know, that it's it's huge and people can't help you if they don't know. That's for sure. That is definitely for sure. Well, thank you for being here today with us. And where can we find you? Where can we find your <laughs> services? You already touched upon it a little bit, but social media handles, all of it. Yes. So everywhere it's directyourpurpose.com. Uh, so it's directyourpurpose.com and everywhere on my social media handles is directyourpurpose. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on, I have a profile on Twitter, <laughs> but I'm on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, so you can find me there also in Clubhouse, Ruby S. Maddox, Ruby S. Maddox on Clubhouse. Um, and then also I also have, um, I didn't want to mention that I have these things called Purpose Circles that I launched last week. Um, and so basically what that is, is um, similar to how like vision board parties work. Um, it is these goal mapping sessions that I do using the Direct Your Purpose framework. And you can get together with um, some friends, family members, and you all um, create a purpose circle in which you go through that process and walk away with your um, your personalized strategic plan of how you're going to implement your goal over the next year. Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> we made air. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds Definitely. very enticing to me because, yes. Yeah, you can make your own purpose circle. So you just invite a bunch of your friends and I show up and I just guide you all through that process. And um yeah. 
That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Ruby, for being no here. No problem. Us. Thank you for having me. Yes, and definitely stay in touch. And once again, welcome to the She Did That Film. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it so much. Don't forget to rate and review. I love hearing your feedback for sure. If you want to see more coming from this platform and community, please consider making a contribution at buymeacoffee.com slash she did that. Also, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at she did that pod for more goodies as well. Thank you.